Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the LMTP Low Man on the Totem Pole podcast. We're your tough love work friends talking you through your workplace woes and spurring you on to your own personal career highlights reel. I'm your co-host, corporate trainer, ready to put my name on it. If by it you mean a pickup order for the California Pizza Kitchen, Katie McDonald. And here's your host, coaching and development consultant, author of Low Man on the Totem Pole, stop begging for a promotion, start selling your genius, and work your shit out accountability fan, Heather MacArthur. Hello. How you doing? I'm divine. I'm ready uh, for the (laughs) holidays and and, uh, because I did all my stuff early, so uh, now we get to just be lazy and and sleep and watch movies, so I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked. That is that is some forethought and some planning, <laughs> and some social avoidance, <laughs> all rolled into one. Ding ding ding! I love all of it. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to the show. We're walking uh, listeners through strategies, attitude changes, and actions that put you in the driver's seat of your own career advancement. Most importantly, helping you understand what a successful, meaningful career looks like for you. And this episode, we're talking about the fun topic of accountability because we're about to walk into New Year's, the famous time for everyone to start writing resolutions. And probably the number one thing missing from making that a success is our sense of accountability. So that's what we're hopping into. Oh, wait, are we going to spend this podcast talking about actually following through on the fun part of uh, doing our resolution? The, the resolution is the fun exercise. Like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'll be this. And the accountability is the part that sucks. It really does. And I, I uh, mainly because we suck so bad at accountability, but um, it is it is the thing that I think gives us the freedom to do all the things that we really, really care about. So uh, when you've got your handle around it and it, it can kind of just be how you handle things. And it's not just about the resolutions. It's about just, just the stress on the job. A lot of it's just the stress comes from not wanting to face whatever it is that you're going to have to deal with. Something that didn't go the right way, something that needs to be fixed, something that's misunderstood, but just being able to nip it in the bud and do the work that's needed and have the patience to do and enjoy the journey of the work. And I think that's part of where accountability comes in. Like you said, the resolutions are all fun because it's all about, I get to fantasize about all the things that I want, but I just feel like it's, it's been this, and I don't think it's a generational thing. I think it's just where we are in time. We've lost our love for the process of the journey and the work. Yeah. Um, it's like from point A to point B, there's this giant black box in the middle that you're like, and then some magic happens here. 
And then voila, everything's perfect. Yes. Um, okay. Well, I have so many questions. First of all, I love your um, work your shit out mantra. That kind of kicks off exactly what you're talking about, how to actually fill in that black box. Like, what does that journey look like? Yeah. And I don't say work your shit out as a like, yeah, guys, get it together. I say it as in a <laughs> That's how I would Heather, <laughs> Heather, remember to hear that because um, I think that's the hardest part is like we want to be able to make it somebody else's fault or we want someone else. You know, it's so easy to kind of look at somebody else and go, oh, this is what they should do versus working your own shit out. So, um, you know, really owning what is coming out and what results you have. So I think like the end of the year, really looking at, we come from the perspective of career, but this could be for your whole life, but looking at your career and going, you know, hey, what were the wins? And own those outcomes. You get to take, accountability is not just taking for the stuff that that goes crappy. It's for taking accountability and ownership for the things that go well. Like I love the, I think it was when Snoop Dogg got the, um, his star on the, on the walk of fame. I think that's the award that he was getting. And he says, I want to thank me. Thank me for showing up. Thank me for the hard work. And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Like, that's you didn't do it alone. There's other people. But, like, we don't often hear that. We think, like, oh, that's so wrong to do. But, no, you, there's probably a lot of wins that, that each individual uh, has had. And to take the time to go, like, well, what did I do to make that happen? How else are you going to fill the fuel tank to be ready for the, for the next thing? And then the other side of it is, how do you take ownership for the outcomes that aren't where you want them to be? And it's not so that you can sit there and beat yourself up because that's honestly such wasted energy. It's not helping anybody. But instead to kind of go like, okay, the minute I own it, then I also can focus on what I'm going to do about it. And that's the power of taking accountability for what's going on in your life and your career. It's the, it invites you to take action versus when it's, you're focused on what others haven't done or where they've dropped the ball. It doesn't invite you to take action. And it ends up um, causing you to stay much more stagnant. I want to drill down on that. I love that because I've got down here, you were talking about owning outcomes in a positive sense and owning outcomes. Accountability is about doing that in both cases, right? Owning outcomes in the negative sense. There is a prevalent culture in a lot of places I've worked recently, and I feel like just in the world at large, about, well, I'm not going to take the blame for this. This was somebody else's decision. This was somebody else's initiative. Um, I'm not going to take the fall or take the blame. What? Where does the power come from in owning the outcome, especially if you are, let's say, a big initiative uh, that you were a part of in your job? doesn't see success. There is, in other words, not to put too fine a point on it, it fails. Yeah. You were a part of that. You were helping in the initiative. You were influential. You were instrumental in the initiative. You had your job to do, but it came from someone else. What is this? How can we start to contribute to a culture on an individual level that doesn't keep pointing fingers and uh, and move the entire, not just ourselves, but the entire uh, organization, the entire project towards owning outcomes. Yeah, you know what? The f- whole finger pointing thing, it, when, when someone says like, oh, stop pointing fingers and take accountability, I, I honestly see those as very separate things. Pointing fingers has everything to do with fear. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm watching people kind of point fingers at each other, like say a project that doesn't go well or whatever in the workplace, a lot of times I'll just come in and say like, look, I take ownership for this. Um, you know, it happened on my watch or whatever. It doesn't matter if I was the manager or not, mainly because I need people to move past this fear of what if, what, I don't know if I can handle whatever responsibility or out, uh, impact or outcome happens 
from whatever this failure is. So they're so caught in fear. They don't think there's enough to go around. They don't think there's a solution. They're assuming bad things are coming their way and they're in survival mode and it's just the crappiest way to work. And so I'll go in sometimes and just say like, look, I got it. It was on me. I'll take the heat because I can sit there and deal with what someone's going to yell at me. So, and all that is, is their fear coming down. And what, what really they're looking for is that can someone take responsibility and not be as fearful as all of us are. And the minute you snuff that out of the room, it's like, fine, I'll take whatever heat, send it all my way. I don't even care. Let's just get focused on moving forward. You'll be amazed how much it just sucks the, sucks the oxygen out of this whole finger pointing thing. People get so offended by finger pointing. And I'm like, I, I, I don't get offended by it. What I recognize is everyone's so scared in that moment. And they're all just trying to figure out how to survive. And I, you know, I have to do myself a favor and not put myself in the same position where I think I'm in survival mode. Like I have to give myself more credit, you know? So think about this survival mode in, in the workplace. The first thing is like, oh my God, what if my boss isn't happy with what? Okay. So I got to give myself more credit. It, is, is everything, my worth all buried down to one person who honestly, if they're so quick to judge me and throw my talent and skills out and hard work and commitment because I dropped the ball once. Um, then they don't get what I bring to the table. So why am I putting all my eggs in the, in their judgment cart? Hmm. The other side of it is, is, okay, what if it goes bigger than that? Like, no, this is a real mess up and this, this fucked up some stuff and it's cost money. Then, you know, like, okay, so if, if I sit here and go like, oh my God, I'm a horrible person and I'm a bad person. I dropped the ball and I'm, I'll never, you know, work in this town again, whatever, whatever crap goes through my head. <laughs> That I'm just terrorizing myself and I'm not leaving room for the fact of like, did I, did I do something on purpose to drop the ball or did I make a mistake and trust that I'll learn from it and I'll figure this one out too. And then the last one is like, what if it's so bad that they decide to let me go? Then, okay. So once again, I don't trust myself to figure out how to be resourceful, how to get another job. I'm not saying that all those things aren't scary, but what I am saying is that when you sit in that loop of fear and you're so more focused on someone else taking the heat all you really teach people is you can't handle responsibility, mm-hmm. that you can't sit in the unknown and that you can't stand in front of other people's fears and handle their fears coming at you. It's no different than the customer who's yelling at you during holidays, for those of you who work retail or food food service, bless your hearts. Um, no different than that fight. person you're losing the Lord's their work. shit on you. Yeah, you're doing the Lord's work. Um, <laughs> You know, someone, they're losing their shit on you because, you know, their kids are assholes and their husband doesn't love them, whatever it is, and they're, like, letting it out on you, and you sit there and you take it, it's no different than when the EVP is coming down and going, like, who did this? They're all just human beings losing their shit. And when you get that and you take, like, okay, you know what? I take it. I take it, and this is the area. And I don't ever take responsibility for shit I didn't do. I'll just say, like, look, it happened on my watch. If, it, if I was on watch, if I... I was in charge of something in that, in that project. Guess what? It happened on my watch. It, I, I could say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, you know, in this situation, let me take the heat for this because as a group, we made a decision. I'm willing to be the person who's the face person for that. Like that, whatever it is, because what I get is in the face of that level of, I can take it. Then the other person calms down and they start focusing on, okay, then what are we going to do about it? Right. You've sucked the fear out of the room and you yeah. can start focusing on solutions. Okay. So I'm, I appreciate you clarifying that because for a second I was thinking like, well, that is radical. You're taking accountability, not just for your, the part that you played, but for the entire package because it happened on your watch. But if you're able to say, okay, yeah, this happened and I was in the room. Uh, so I'm part of the, I'm part of the issue, but I can also recognizing that be part of the solution. 
Yeah, and like, look, who doesn't help? Like, I love that when people are like, well, technically, I was only in charge of, like, parsing out what you were in charge of and what you really should be able to take accountability for is, is, is a, it's a fool's, it's a fool's game. Like, well, I'll take accountability for this, but someone else has got to take the accountability for that. It's, I'm not taking blame. I'm taking accountability for, let me jump in. I'll own the shit that I brought. Like, like, you know, look, I didn't call this person. I didn't do this. This is my contribution to the issue. But I don't want to belabor, unless we're really doing a, let's dive into this and see what we can learn from it. It's a learning process and we're, we're dissecting what worked and what didn't. But if it's really just about, we're in a situation where people are bothered by something and things didn't happen the way that they were supposed to, or they're freaked out about something, then I take accountability for making the situation better. And I, you know, I think a lot of times the other side of it is, is if you, if you fucked up and you did something wrong and you know, you did something wrong and this whole thing of like trying to cover it up and smooth it over, you got to get, it only makes the situation better. It makes it worse. It makes people go, I can't trust you. I can't, um, I can't, you know, you don't seem strong enough to really handle stuff, but to sit there and go like, yeah, no, I messed up. I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. This is what I'm learning from it. This is what I need to do. And you, you look at it at any of these, any of these, and it's not just that. It's not just I did the wrong thing and I'm sorry. You know, there's a level of we talked about before the power of apology. But the next thing has to be, well, then what the fuck are you doing differently? And I think that's the big part because I've had people apologize to me for doing really horrible things, but no discussion around what they'll do different in the future. And I don't trust that anything will be different. I, and, and it feels like you're sorry you got caught at it. But I don't know if you're really sorry about being someone who behaves that way. Interesting. And that's what I think is, is huge in terms of accountability. I mean, you look at any of these, the banks that ended up having to take bailouts, the, the CEOs that we see have to leave companies in a, in a scandal and all these other things. Like we see these apologies, even like you take the Me Too movement and you'll hear, you know, guys coming forward and, and in some cases, I guess, females, but mainly it's the men and they're, they're, they're doing these apologies. And it's like, what's the weakest apology of like, you know, um, oh, sorry if you felt that way. That's my favorite. I'm sorry if anyone is offended. Yes. Sorry if I, sorry if I, (laughs) no, 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 there's no if. But, um, but the ones who were like, no, I was wrong. Here's what I learned. Here's what I'm doing differently. Like that, I'm like, there's hope for that. Because then I go, okay, okay, there's learning. I look for the learning and accountability. Like, what did you learn and how are you moving forward? And that's that growth mindset stuff coming into it. But this, this idea of like, really ask yourself, like, Everyone's so consumed of like, well, I don't want to take responsibility for somebody else's bullshit. It's like, are you even good at taking responsibility for your bullshit? Mm. Like, you're so concerned about, you know, oh, I by accident took accountability for someone else's mistake. Like, oh, that's a weight I don't want to carry. And I'm like, that I, I, I have yet, if I apologize for somebody else's shit, people are very quick to go like, look, 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 that wasn't all on you. I'm like, okay, great. Doesn't matter. What do we want to do to, 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 to get things moving forward? But I don't do it in a, now let's go back because I want to make sure this doesn't get misconstrued. It's not a, I'm sorry, but it doesn't matter. So let's move on. And don't, don't you person who's been wronged by me, drag this out longer than, than, than is needed. So I'm basically taking accountability and then refusing to allow you to have your process and your journey on whether or not you want to go with me on the next chapter. And I, I, you know, I see that a lot because it's me going, I can't handle the guilt of what I've done. So I don't want to live in it, but I'm gonna let you live in it, but just don't show me that you're living in it. And I think Hmm. that's bullshit. I think that's like, no, you have to sit in the pain that you caused. 
So apologize. And if that person needs to talk it out and maybe relive and rehash a little bit of what it was so that they can feel heard and understood and they can make sure that you understand what the impact was, then you have to step up and do that. Now, I am a big proponent of the postmortem discussion, whether a thing went well or whether it went poorly, uh, whether it's at work or whether it's in relationships, if there's something that needs to be discussed and hashed out, I think whenever it's uh, appropriate and, and an option, it's a great opportunity for everybody not to slice and dice blame and responsibility like you're talking about, but to really kind of look for what's the best practice going forward. What is going to make all parties either as happy as possible, or if we can't make all parties happy, what's going to actually move the ball forward? Um, and that takes kind of looking at what was actually done and learning from it so that you can do better next time. Just saying, I'm sorry, no further questions. Um, doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't really yeah, add to and the that's what. Yeah. And, and, and what it does is it, 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 it just shows, or, you know, the, the, what I call the accountability racers, like, okay, I'm sorry, but these are all the things that you did. Uh. It's like, you've got to, whoever, whoever brings up the issue to the table, I feel like gets to, gets to have their shit handled and, and processed before you jump in with your other stuff. But that accountability, let's, let's talk about it more in the context of the workplace. And what are those, <clears throat> excuse me, critical times that I think people need to take accountability and opportunities that you have. I think the glaring one is performance reviews. Mm. So you've got performance reviews, and especially in companies that, that uh, haven't set the process up, which is the appropriate, I think, uh, is where you do a self-review. And to me, that's not a review of me. I even hate the word self-review because it should be my work right. review. But if I was taking accountability, then I'm going to demonstrate not just, I'm not just writing, I'm not writing this thing of like, look how good I am and please love me and give me a raise and think of me for promotion. Um, it's, hey, here's, I'm going to take accountability for the stuff that I did, decisions that I made that really worked and helped move the goals forward. And I'm going to take accountability for the decisions that, that I that I made that didn't help them move forward. And what did those look like? And this is what I'm learning from it. And this is what I plan on doing about it in the next year so I can continue to evolve. And, you know, whatever rating I want to put down on that performance, if, if that company uses ratings, it's like, okay, but this is, I'm going to be accountable and really self-reflect and dissect what worked and what didn't in my performance that year. And I find so many individuals use the self-review as this chance to defend themselves or to like, look at me, I'm special. Like they're pitching to be crowned something or get their manager's approval. And I'm like, it's actually like, let's just assume that the manager never even reads it. What do you learn by going through something and writing a dishonest assessment or a, an incomplete assessment? Like you take accountability and really face, here's how I show up. This is what I got out of it. And this is what I want to do next year in terms of my business. So that's a huge time for accountability. I think the other time is if you're a, a, a manager of anyone is that you have to be able to sit. You, it did happen on your watch, whether you did it or not. When I hear a manager go, well, it wasn't me. It was my employee. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how this goes. You can say like, look, this happened on my watch and clearly I need to look at what I do that sets this up to either continue or how I handled it once I discovered it. And did I set things up? This is a big part, even like when you take it up to executives of large companies, when employees are, you know, caught doing misconduct of any kind. And they're like, oh, well, this doesn't happen on our watch or whatever. And this is, we don't condone this or whatever. But what I want to hear is, what do you do that ensures you have the kind of communication in your company that it is safe to escalate issues when they need to be. 
because most of the stuff, like there's this surprise thing, like we don't condone this. And like, well, you did if it didn't make it safe to talk about. Right. So how did, how do you set it up? What are you doing so that it's safe that people can surface things early and often and that people are skilled at knowing the difference between this is something I need to take accountability for and hash out with someone. And this is something that needs to, to be looked at by the people who are making decisions that impact the, the, the whole organization. And I find that very few employees understand the difference. Very HR people, a lot of HR people don't understand the difference between those two. And then, you know, executives don't end up stepping into it until it's like a, a media issue. And that's where I'd go like, no, if, if you take a leadership position, whatever area of responsibility you have, it happened on your watch. And if you are a leader within an organization, something happens in that organization, it happened on your watch. 100%. But if you are a people manager, if you are a leader, how do you how do you influence that? What are the steps you take to make the environment under you or around you uh, an environment in which people do feel uh, comfortable handling that, bringing people, bringing themselves and others into accountability for their behavior? You know, I think the very first thing, the most powerful thing you can do is that you take accountability for your own self-improvement as a leader, which means you invite people often to give you feedback and you show that you can handle honest feedback. That doesn't mean you agree with everything someone says, but that you're good at really kind of soliciting, not like, not the, oh, how am I doing as a leader? And and, and, and are you happy? Because I'm like, I'm, people are going to tell you yes. But if you go, what's the, what are the things that are working in this team? What are the things that aren't? Let's discuss it. That if, in their team meetings that you invite and you give feedback and praise and reward for people who share differing opinions and you give coaching on how to debate and how to, you know, pitch ideas that, that don't align with, with what organizational leadership is, is looking to deliver. So, so they don't agree with the big policy that came down from the top on, okay, great. Let's practice in our meetings, hashing that through. What does it look like when you disagree that, you know, disagree with that? So if that person happens to be sitting in an all hands or in a meeting that just have, you know, where they can really voice their opinion as a manager, I want to make sure I've set them up to know how to pitch that in a way that's respectful, but also not sugarcoated. But that they, and then it's business focused, so that they're skilled at discussing and debating um, um, business decisions, and all the way to the top, that should be invited, that should be role modeled, and that should be demonstrated. You should see. I want to see executives who are peers, the executive leadership team who are peers, sit up on a panel and have debates in front of their in front of their staff in the company, and it shouldn't be scary to watch them because guess what? Behind the scenes, I do those facilitation offsites of all these executive mm-hmm. teams. And they hash it out and they debate. And a lot of times they're not respectful and a lot of times they're not well thought out. And I'm like, if they were skilled at this, they could do it publicly. You, basically, it's like watching, and I hate using parents as an example because it's business. It's not, you know, like a paternal situation. But it's a healthy form to watch parents debate if they're doing it respectfully because kids get to see how decisions are made in the household. And that just because you don't agree doesn't mean that you can't have a civil discussion about it. And when you have an organization who gets to see leaders debate and not necessarily all of a sudden now the political downwind is going to happen and someone's going to get their head chopped <laughs> off, then you teach that it's, it's, it's and it, you know, it's, it's that, that sounds funny, but I literally, I get so exposed to so many Game of Thrones moments of where the person goes, I know I messed up because in this one meeting, I said this one thing and ever since then they've had it out for me. Ugh. And I, I get it. I get it. I've been the recipient of that. 
And I remember stepping into, I worked at, I worked at a company two, two, in two different times. And the first time I could see in the meeting that everybody had to agree with each other, that the leader would not tolerate anybody dissenting. The second time I came in, it was the very first meeting, different, different staff, different leader. And people were, in my mind, being a little, you know, not disrespectful, but really not filtering or packaging anything they were saying, just laying it on the table. and like, that's stupid. And I don't agree. And I'm not big on, I, I like the free flow of things, but I'm like, don't say something stupid. Let me know what's wrong with it and then hash it through. But they were just laying it out there. And the manager, it wasn't like the manager was sitting there and just taking it. But she listened. And then afterwards is like, okay, I got it. I got it. Here's the reality. We're going to have to implement it. So we're going to have to figure out how to get on board with how we do this because we're not in a position where we can necessarily say this isn't for us. But I get what you're saying, so how do we make it work for us? And I just thought, I was there, it was my first week, and I was like, oh, I can unpack here. I can be myself. It's safe. I, they're inviting me to think. They value what I have to say. But she's also not sitting there and going like, oh, whatever you guys want, because I want you to like me. Like She wasn't in the market of being liked. It was more of like, I want all your brains working at the top, top level. And so when you see leaders you know, do that kind of communication, it's more likely that you're going to be hearing from people because they get that you can handle a conversation and you're not trying to put barriers around you like, oh, you can't talk to me because of my level or that's not what you can talk to me about or you better polish that up before you, you know, to a perfect T before you present that to me. It's like, how much time is wasted? Well, on a more personal, like bringing it even uh, down from executive level to modeling accountability and modeling, I, I mean, accessibility too. You're saying, I want access to the best and brightest ideas. Uh, if I am not making myself accessible to you as a staff or as, you know, my peers to be to be honest with me, then I am not getting access to your best ideas. And that that ties in with accountability as well. That's the thing is like it it goes on both ends. I as an individual can't sit there and wait until someone rolls out the red carpet and like, you know, serves me peanut M&Ms or whatever it is that I want <laughs> to, to like oh, now I'm going to present my idea. Because I hear so many people go like, oh, well, you know, I would have told someone, but no one ever asked my opinion. And it's like, no, you're in business. Like, this isn't, this isn't the, you know, Sadie Hawkins dance. Like, well, it's not, oh, someone didn't ask me. <laughs> like, you're in business. It's your job to, to present your ideas. And if you see something, you know, to, to and not, not like just the problems, but if you see an idea that could potentially really work, like, what are you doing to champion it for yourself? And to say, like, well, I presented it to my manager and then they didn't have any interest. It's like, well, where in business have you heard, like, great stories where it's like, oh, you know, as Steve Jobs, I, I presented an idea when I was 20 and someone wasn't interested. So I just stopped. Like, that's just nuts. Right. <laughs> so it obviously, the one person I pitched it to did not like it. So it obviously was a bad idea. So I did not pursue yeah, like, it anymore. You have to be accountable for your own success. And I think when you, you know, like, let's say, like, taking this, of like, look at your career you know, whether you do self-reviews or not, like December is a great time to really look at your career, look at your performance this year, what worked, what didn't, how does that align with what you want to do with your, your work in your life? And then in 2020 go, you know, I like to, this goes a little bit to setting goals, but I like to look at, you know, okay, so this time next year, 2021 or, you know, December, 2020, what do I want to be able to say that I did that I'd be really stoked about, that I'd be excited about, that I feel proud about? you know, that would be worth kind of some sacrifice, some blood, sweat, and tears. What is that? What impact would that have? And then everything that I, I set out to do gets prioritized around that. And, and then, it's, then it's easier to take accountab accountability because 
you're doing for yourself what you want and you're building your own life. When you just have everything kind of spelled out for you and other people are telling you what to do, it's really hard to take accountability because in the back of your head is like, well, I didn't pick this. Somebody else did. Okay. Well, and on the flip side of that, the biggest part of what I think of when I, when we start talking about accountability is the people that you encounter in the workplace to go, well, I mean, I tried, but uh, this person shut me down and the the uh, the corporation isn't designed for this and we're not set up for success on this and it's always somebody else's fault and I am just cosmically put upon by the universe and nothing is ever really truly my fault. Yeah, I love those people. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it when I'm that person. It's just amazing. Um, well, and then what a what a uh, terrible uh, situation to be a human toilet that the universe is constantly dumping in, and you it, have zero yes. uh, you have zero accountability and no blame, but you also have no human agency to ever better yourself. Like what a bleak existence. Well, not only that, it's it's because I can speak from experience of being you know at least in certain situations where it's like, well, it was me. Um, it's a, it's, it's, it's one of the higher stress points to be in because you really, and I, I, I did, I had moments where I'm like, no, I don't have agency because, you know, a lot of, at the end of the day, like you, you, we all started from being a baby. And at that point you didn't have a whole lot of agency. Like you could scream and maybe you were a really, you know, persuasive baby, but you know, you really were <laughs> reliant. And I think that if you had, you know, and I'm not saying like everybody gets a get out of jail free card because mama didn't hold them enough, but I do think there's some level of this of like, if either you had parents who didn't respond to you the way that you needed, you do kind of get this message of, I, I, I am out here and I, I am the victim of my circumstances. Because for a period of time, you were. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other side where you've got parents who think like that and they just keep telling you that you're the victim of circumstances. So you're like, okay, you don't know any better. And so when I see people really struggle with, with accountability, once again, it's not like, you know, like, oh, dude, you know, grow a pair. I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm not trying to say that. I'm saying somewhere they didn't learn how accountability works because it's a skill set and 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 the reward that comes with accountability but accountability also goes along with your ability to pick risk and to know like look this is a a risk worth taking this is i'm going to step up and say something or now's not the time for me to speak up but the the accountability piece is really can you take responsibility for your actions and sometimes that's verbally apologizing to someone. Sometimes that's just sitting and going, I need to make different decisions and stop blaming other people or circumstances for whatever the situation is. Um, But it's really kind of the, it's like the doorway to getting back into your driver's seat and making stuff happen for yourself. And so I get, I do get where people have, have either not learned what that looks like or been told that, that doing that is somehow either weak Oh well, if you if you if you sit there and you know take responsibility for something or accountability for something, then then you're weak. You're admitting faults. You know that's a you know a, a traditional kind of cultural thing that is is you know I can't say for other cultures that maybe you know responding and taking ownership is a weakness. Um, I've seen it as nothing but a strength and a way to kind of make things move forward. Uh, but in, in in workplaces, especially because there is so much, you know, things don't happen in the shadows as much anymore. Everything gets put on blast. So your ability to just own things takes the heat off of that and gets you. Now, you can't just keep owning the same thing over and over again. Like, sorry, I was late. Sorry, I was late. Sorry, I was late. Sorry, I was late. Like that eventually, <laughs> like you could keep taking accountability. I say that once again because I'm speaking from experience. Like I can keep taking accountability for that. But that I, I have to at some point get like then I have to take accountability for the fact that 
at some point people aren't going to trust me. And like, that's the risk that I'm taking. So I could keep apologizing, but if I'm not going to change my behavior, why should people keep buying into it? Well, okay. And that, that actually circles us into what accountability has to do with building and placing trust in that there are, and the risk, what you're willing to risk and what you're willing to put your name on uh, in terms of if you continue to have the same outcome for something that, uh, you know, is a friction point. Like everybody is expecting you to show up at 8 a.m. for this meeting and you keep rolling in at 8.05 just because of the way, <laughs> the way your life is working. This is me yeah. speaking from experience. Uh, <laughs> how many times have I sent a text saying, I'll be there in five minutes. I'm running 10 minutes late. Um, at some point, I either need to fix the way my morning is structured in order to make that deadline if that is the priority and what is more important to me, or if it is an NBD, I can say, you know what? Here's how I'm going to show up. I'm not going to I'm not going to apologize for it. It, it. I am taking I am accountable for the fact that I'm going to roll in at 8:05 or 8:10 every day because it doesn't seem to be a big deal and nobody is really complaining to me about it, but I have decided that the risk is this is who I am. I'm going to take that on me and I'm accountable for it without apologizing for it. And that's the expectation that I'm going to set about the way people are going to be interacting with me and when they will be interacting with me, which is at 810 instead of at eight o'clock. Yeah. I mean, but that's just, that's just managing expectations. Like if, if, if you go in and say like, look, this isn't going to be um, a, a, you know, a paint by number situation. It's not going to be a super scheduled situation. Now, if they say we require it to be super scheduled and you know, you hash through whatever agreement, and it lands on that, yeah, the best thing for the work is to show up on time, then you going in and apologizing every morning that you're late, like at some point you have to take accountability to go, I'm not right for this role. Right. Or I'm not right for this team or this culture, whatever it is, and I'm going to keep failing at it because they're looking for somebody who operates in a way that I don't. And I don't think there's anything wrong with operating differently, but it's, you have to also be accountable. Like I've seen a lot of people take jobs because the time was good or the money was good or the company was high profile. And I'm like, but you're not really taking accountability for the job you committed to. Case in point, people who get promoted, uh, they get promoted and they're so excited about the new title and the pay and they don't really get their arms wrapped around. This is a new job. This is not, you know, before maybe you were just managing yourself and maybe now you're managing other people. Like you have to start treating this as a craft the way that you did your previous job. Yeah. Or maybe you don't like leading people. Well, then don't take the promotion. But we get so caught up in like, well, no, I earned that promotion. It's like, no, that, that's just ridiculous. Like, you didn't earn it. You either are good at the job and you're committed to it or you're not. You don't deserve it. And, and that's where I'd say like that accountability piece, it's not just about when you mess up. It's about the decisions that you make. I'm going to take accountability and make, and make the most thoughtful decision for myself as well as all people involved. And, and, and then I'm going to take accountability to make the decisions and the changes um, to follow through on whatever commitments that I'm making. And I'm not saying any of this is easy, but what I, the reason it's not easy is because we want to resist reality. We want to resist reality that things didn't turn out the way we wanted them to. We want to resist reality that we now have to change habits that maybe we're very comfortable with. And we want to resist reality that there's going to be people who don't, are not necessarily happy with us and, you know, going to be pleased with everything that we do. So, but let's take this back to trust is, you know, here's the thing is if fear is the thing that keeps us from really being able to step forward and stop finger pointing, trust is the environment that really sets us up to, to step in and do the work that's necessary. And so when we take accountability, this is one of the first steps towards 
really maintaining and building trust. You know, that we, we think the trust starts by us meeting each other and being really good to each other and doing everything that is right. But taking accountability is, is leaving room for all of us to be human. So there's room for mistakes. There's room to take risks that people trust that it's not about my trust isn't built on. Did you do everything perfectly? My trust is, is on, were you, were you able to be honest with me when things didn't go well? Did you, were you, did you stand up and communicate to me? Did you take that accountability and ownership so that we could just move forward and get the right work done versus spending time playing some sort of political game? Like all that is the trust. I used to always say, I don't know what team I'm on until I fuck up because I know I'm going to get, you know, you're going to like me as long as I'm making you look good. But how do I know if I can trust you? if I don't see the compassion of when I drop the ball and they don't really know what I can handle until I drop the ball and I figure out how to pick it back up and I take ownership of it. And in that moment they go, okay, now I know I can trust because there's a lot of unknown down the road. But what I've seen is that when Heather drops the ball, she makes it right. And, and that's what I need in terms, that's the biggest guarantee I can possibly get about the future because everything else is unknown. I mean, that ties it all the way up accountability the way you're showing up in account and taking accountability for fixing your own mistakes is going to be what builds that trust and creates an environment on your side of the fence uh, for people to understand okay when when heather drops the ball and you give her room she's going to pick it up and run it to the end zone is that a football thing from what i hear Um, (laughs) (laughs) but on on the other side of that, too, you you can tell pretty early on. I mean, I, I'm going to speak from experience. There's a vibe that you get in every environment that you find yourself in, in the micro mm-hmm. uh, interactions about what kind of a culture, like how trusting is this culture and how accountable are the people around me? How much accountability are they taking for the way they're showing up? Um that can be in, you know, like who left their coffee mug in the sink and how does everybody react to somebody leaving their coffee mug in the communal sink? That's pretty low stakes, but that gives you an idea of what kind of a, an environment of trust is built in there and how supported you're going to be um, by, you know, in the way that you show up. So making sure that you are showing up and uh, and building trust with your own accountability versus, I mean, in addition to uh seeing where you can confidently place trust based on how accountable people are for their own actions kind of sets that tone for where you really belong. You know, if we could boil it down to the simple terms is if you, you know, we're going to use this trust thing is if you trust yourself, you're not afraid of taking accountability because it's really not about how other people react to you. You trust yourself that you'll learn from this. You'll trust yourself that you'll be resourceful and creative and figure out how to solve it. And so you're not afraid of how people might react to you. You're willing to step in it because at the end of the day, you go through life, you end up at some point, the only person that you've got to face is yourself. And you want to know that you, you, you lived your life on your terms and you, you did things the way that you wanted to. And the only way, I think the only way that you can do that is if you're able to, to sit and look at yourself and take accountability for the decisions that you made that brought you where you are and the experiences you had. And I go throw it back to Snoop Dogg and him saying, you know, like I showed up, I did the work, I did this. And there's something about that because yeah, I'm sure he's grateful to all these other people. But at the end of the day, when you're sitting there and that little voice in your head, that's the person that you're dealing with the most. So if you, if you trusted yourself, you're not scared of taking accountability, even if you don't know what you're going to do next. Even if the environment is not a very accountable, yeah. uh, trusting environment, yeah. uh, you know you're you're 
to thine own self being true. Yes. Ooh, well said. Uh, yeah, I'm getting real fancy. Yeah, it's fancy. Uh, <laughs> no, well said all the way around. I think that gives us a lot to think about as we launch into 2020, that we are sitting with the voices in our own little heads. Uh, and that's the person we're accountable to at the end of the day. Yep. Good thought to uh, to start this whole new year with that. Hey, we got to be accountable to ourselves. I like it. I love it. I feel more accountable already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We uh, want to be accountable to you and your thoughts and queries about uh, anything we've talked about on this show. If you want to hear us discuss something that's on your mind, or if you want to tell us what you think about what we've discussed, there are a couple ways to do that. You can tweet us at LMTP Consulting, message us on Instagram, low man on the totem pole, all one word, or email us at lmtppodcast at gmail.com. Here's to a 2020 that is full of all kinds of adventures and ways that we learn uh, from our own mistakes and successes and hold ourselves accountable to ourselves. Fabulous. Fabulous. We will see you in 2020. Love y'all. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.